Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Good, 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 good morning, everybody on Radio World. This is your boy DC. You got the Dirty Bird over there in Port St. Lucie. Welcome to another edition of the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145. Yo, Bird, what's good, man? What's happening, bro? How are you feeling today? I'm good. I mean, obviously, uh, we're going to jump right into it. We're going to talk about the, I don't even want to use the word debacle, but the disappointing, and, and I would use the word disappointing because I feel like it was a disappointing effort um, against App State. Like, a lot, obviously, what's what's funny is, before I, I continue, is the book, like the odds makers, the people in Vegas, they know their stuff. I looked at that mm-hmm. game as being a complete blowout. They had it as a seven-point favorite, you know, six-and-a-half, seven-point favorite, Obviously, if you took App State in the points, you cover, right? Um, I, I really thought Miami would have came into this game, you know, after the like the loss to Alabama, and just like you know, guns a blazing and like let's open it up and let's rock and roll. And, and I feel like there were so many opportunities for them to finally just take control of the game, but then it was a pre-snap penalty or a blocked field goal or just there was always something that stopped the momentum for them to move forward. Nope. Yeah, so, and it's really happened, what, the last four times that we've been out on the field, <laughs> you know? I, I mean, some, some things are self-inflicted, right? You know, you go back to the bowl game. I mean, Carolina, I'm not, I don't even want to bring that game up because, again, it's going to start with Carolina, right? Carolina, the bowl game, Alabama, and then this game. So, you know, you just look at the bowl game, you know, just self-imposed, you know, self-inflicted wounds. I mean, obviously, drop passes, you know, a holding call, gets a touchdown, you know, taken away, and then – you know, King tears his ACL. It's always something, right, with Miami where they just can't keep the ball rolling. Um, so let's get into let's get into a little bit about the game. Obviously, um, I was jacked up. You know, it was the first home game. You know, finally having full capacity. I mean, listen, last year we went to the Rock and you know we were there yeah. with with the mid. I don't know, maybe maybe thirteen thousand. I, I don't think there was even that many fans in the nah. stands. There might have been six or seven, right? And those stupid spacers in between the seats, man. Yeah, you, you couldn't oh. even talk you couldn't even talk to your, your person next to you because they were complaining, you know, you're spitting or whatever the case may be. Right? So <laughs> it was just being nice to be able to be at home, you know, be at the rock, be able to enjoy the festivities. You know, you were able to tailgate. You know, obviously there was cane walk. And you know, we understand that the stadium's kind of like the outside stadiums in disarray because of the Formula One, you know, racetracks or parking was kind of, you know, mis- you know, or, you know, combobulated everywhere, you know. Um, sucks for the people that are over in the green, the green lot that are on the outside of the stadium now. And I feel bad for those people. Right. Those, those are labeled well, you. And, I, and I'm a green park. Listen, I have green parking as well. Um, you know, I was, I was one of those guys that wanted to be there five hours. I would line up an hour before that, so I'd be there for six hours before the, the gates open. You know? <laughs> and it's like, but now, and I get why they do it, right? So they're maybe because of staffing, and obviously with the track running through the green lot, you know, they had to put them somewhere, right? They no. could have said, "Hey, no green lot." They they really could have said that, but sure. uh, 
you know, listen, at the end of the day, it is what it is, you know, but it was good, right? So obviously I rolled in right at three o'clock. I didn't have to wait in line. Um, obviously, you know, upgraded you, you had the same luxury, you know, being able to, you know, this week being, a, you know, in the black lot, um, nobody parks in the black lot, which is amazing, right? Just kind of <laughs> roll, roll in, park, get out, and you know, you're good to go, right? So, oh yeah. but you know, obviously Kane walked to me, you know, that's what kind of sets the tone and, you know, we get over there and it, dude, it was, sun was blazing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, we got there, we probably lined up about four o'clock and waited till five and that sun was just right on top of us. <laughs> and, um, but you know, listen, at the end of the day, it was there, came, walk, came through and then, you know, look, you know, get ready to go into the seats and, you know, get to the stadium. So I did have one bad experience. So, um, Bird, you already know that I upgraded my seats and, you know, went down to the field club and. Um, give me one minute. Let me just do this real quick. Um, obviously, I kind of moved my seats. I went down to the field club, right? So the issue I had was when you go to the gate to get into field club, when you go into that gate. Um, right, right. Yeah when, yeah, when you go into that gate. So they, you have to be escorted inside the field, right? You have to get a band on. They have what they call ambassadors. Well, we're standing there waiting, waiting. I was, about, I was just literally saying, Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> let me in, man. Let me in. <laughs> and so the lady that's there that works for Hard Rock, she's like, listen, this has nothing to do with us. It's we're waiting on the ambassadors. And, and you might have seen them because you were over in the 72 Club uh, last week, right? So yeah. they, they were wearing kind of like, like maybe like an orangish or pinkish type of dress. So they kind of walk you through because obviously you're in, you're in like a VIP area type thing. And so anyway, it was like 15 minutes before they even showed up. So I was a little perturbed. I'm like, like why am I waiting 15 minutes to be able to walk into my seats? And uh, so when we finally got in, it, it was good though because we got in, kind of grabbed some finger food, grabbed some chicken wings, some popcorn, some sodas, went to the seats, and I was ready for the game, man. Like I, I was all jacked up. Pre-game, pre-game was dope. I know I see you know you had texted me a couple times. I wasn't even paying attention to my phone. Like, bro, I was oh, we could we can see you from where we were sitting, man. You were in the zone, bro. Bro, I was dialed in, man. Like I was <laughs> I was literally, I don't want to say I was in awe, right? Because like, but it was just a different vibe. Like, you know, you're down there, you know, you're right in the end zone, you're right on the field, you know, the players are coming by, they're giving you high fives, they're like they're chopping it up with Grayson, giving him five, and you know, it's just I enjoyed it, man. And obviously, it's going from, to you for going from club level. I mean, obviously, you know, you're now in the West End zone. So, you know, the, the atmosphere is going to be different. It's going to be wilder. You know, it's not as corporate. I, I always feel like club level is corporate, right? Because, <laughs> you know, not that people are snobs or anything like that, but it's just it's just a different vibe. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, so, so, tell, so that, that was, we'll get into the game in a minute. But so that was kind of like my pregame and, you know, getting ready for the game. So tell me how it was where you, where you end up sitting. Uh, at the it was, it was, like it was solid, man. You know, sat on the uh, forty-five yard line, man. So, got a great view of the game. Nice, comfortable seats. Was able to take the uh, the girls and then a, a good buddy of mine uh, with me to the game. And um, yeah, man. I mean, food was solid. Drinks were free. Yeah. And uh, you know, game was a game was a little uh, little much. Had me on edge, you know. But um, you know, hey, we escaped with the W. So you know, left with a smile on my face. Listen. I- and people, and this is the part that I feel like fans at the University of Miami, they don't get sometimes. Even if you go back to that 2001 National Championship team, they struggled. 
game against BC, they struggled, right? You got, you know, they're coming down inside the 10-yard line to beat you, and Matt Walters, you know, actually Mike Rumpf kind of ricochets, goes into Matt Walters, and then all of a sudden Ed Reed takes it, you know, 93 yards for a touchdown, right? Um, prior to that, Virginia Tech, they drop a two-point conversion to tie the game up in Blacksburg. So you're not going to always win by blowouts, right? Now, granted, the right. talent that we had in 01 is probably superior than what we have in 2021. But what I'm, my point is, a W is a W, right? I don't, I don't even want to get in, well, hey, look, look, look what, would you rather be Miami with a two-point win or would you rather be FSU and losing to Jacksonville State, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to play that card. So, you know, obviously, we the, the team up there in the northern part of the state, they're in disarray. Miami, Miami, I feel is in disarray a little bit, but I think they're a little bit above the disarray. Like I think, I think they're close, and, and you know it'll finally, I, I think it finally it'll click. One quick shout out, real quick, my boy Scott Patchen over there, at Colorado State, with a nice sack. I just want to throw that out there. So, um, Father Time, bro, I got it. Man. So, it's, so speaking of Patchen though, real quick, man, yeah. you know there's a there's a kid at Oregon who's been there for six years and still has two years of eligibility left, man. What's his name? So, I don't know. I just I saw it in one of the one, one of the message boards, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? Uh, but yeah, I'll I'll pull his name here, man. But this guy, wow. this guy could be after patching here, man. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, listen, man. I mean, Scott chose his path. You know, he's out there falling <laughs> over the Mountain West, or I think it's the Mountain West. I'm not sure exactly where. Yeah, they're Mountain West. Mountain West. Yeah, they're Mountain West. Mountain West. Yeah, yeah. Mountain West. So. You know, so let's get into the game, bird. Let's, you know, we've already talked it up about 10 minutes talking about pregame and, you know, my expectation. Also, we had the guys, we had, uh, uh, I didn't get a chance to see Big C and uh, what was the other guy's name? AJ? AJ. 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 Yeah. I didn't get a chance to, to meet, you know, link up with them or see them, um, you know, before the game or after the game. So, um, obviously, your score was a seven point game. You had 34 24. I figured Miami was blowing their asses out. So I was definitely kind of, you know, not that there's egg on my face because I feel like, I feel like Miami literally had that game in control. You know, that one, they, they were up nine, was it nine, seven after the safety or nine, zero, one of those, whatever. And then they go down in the field and I think Cam scores, but then there was too many guys in the backfield. So it took the touchdown away and then we kick the field goal. So technically you should be up 16, you know, give or take 16, seven, whatever the score should be, right? And then you're rolling. Next thing you know, then you kick off and they house it for 100 yards, right? Like, Man. So so here's the thing, and the, why I made a close score prediction, man. I've got a lot of respect for that program, and I know I've kind of fought with a lot of Miami fans over it, right? But, you know, that team has a better record, a better group of five record over the past four years than UCF does, and everybody, you know, touts on UCF. Dude, they play hard every single time that they go out on the field, man. They are – we got that. We got that theme music rolling in the background, man. I, I did. I had that gang gang. <laughs> yes, sir. Let me try and get back. Uh oh. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Yeah, but you know, look, man, that that, that team, uh, that team plays hard, man. You know what I they mean? They do. They are very well coached, man. I mean, and they always have been with Drinkwitz and Satterfield and all those guys that have that have been there, man. You know, they they come to play. They come. They're well prepared. And uh, those type of teams give give us fits, man, or at least they have over the past few years. Well, I'm going to say this. I, I don't think it should have been as close as it, as it was. Again, I, I'm pointing out some mistakes that literally Miami – I mean, let's look at one of the first drives. Like, King hits Will Mallory right across the middle 
on third and eight, you know, down to like the 15 yard line, and he literally just drops the ball, right? Yeah. Where, where where's our tight end play? But so anyway, let, let's talk about the game. So let's let's talk about it, right? So obviously it's a 25-23 game. Um, obviously a lot closer. You know, you, you get it and you look at the stats of the game, like that that's the thing that gets to me. Like our 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 quarterback, I think, had 20 rushes. Like that's yeah. insane when you're thinking of someone like you know, with Cam Harris back there, you know, it's – I think King had 19 – I think it was 19 for 79, and Cam was like yeah. 18 for 91. But yeah. why is it – and listen, I was going to know Chaney got hurt, right? So Chaney's hurt. He's done for the ODACL. But why aren't you throwing some of the other guys in there? Obviously, Knighton's still out because of whatever situation he's going through. But you got Cody Brown. You got that, Franklin. Like, why not give them an opportunity to run the ball? Obviously, they'll get an opportunity this week, and we'll yeah, see they, what happens. They bro. better. Bro. They better. So, so let me ask you this, man. Do you, do you think go we're going to see Bouchard Smith back there in any kind of running place? I, I don't see why not. I mean, it couldn't hurt, yeah. right? I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are complaining that we have all these five stars, and we don't have a lot of five stars, but we have, like, five-star kids that aren't even getting on the field, whether it be Leonard Taylor. James Williams is playing some. He's playing special teams. You know, he is getting in, you know, some defensive snaps. But just because they're a five-star player doesn't mean that they're physically or mentally ready to play into a college level, right? Yeah. And, and and I'm all about, hey, I don't care if it's if you're a freshman or if you're a senior, you play your best player. Obviously, they just don't feel like someone like Leonard Taylor is as far along or where he needs to be where he needs to be in order to get on the field. But that just yeah. shows you right now you don't need him because you have depth there. You know, and, and I think that's key with Jordan Miller and uh, Harrison Hunt and, and Nesta and Ford. Like, you don't need to bring a fifth deep tackle right now off the bench, right? So people just need to relax, let the season, you know, play out and, and go. But now the thing about Brashard, I just think he's too talented. I mean, obviously, do you remember back in, I think, 2004, maybe 2005? Like, they started using Hester in the backfield. Like, just, yeah. you know, like, toss sweeps or pitches. Oh. That's and we thing. don't even do that. We don't even do a tall sweep. We know the kid's got one thing, and that's speed, right? Yeah. So if he's struggling with, you know, the playbook, right, pitches. you run – you run, Yeah, pitches, or you run two two or three plays where he knows exactly what he needs to do, and you try to capitalize on that speed, right? So, you know, but here's the thing with all these guys, right, with all these freshmen. Anytime it's not going exactly how you want to, it's always, I can't believe we're not playing this person, Right. right. You know, and none of us, we don't, we don't ever get to see any of practice, right? So we don't know how these guys are, right? You know, we know that we're, we've seen a couple highlights come out and, you know, Jacoby George oh, and Brenton oh, are, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've seen these guys, you know, come out and, you know, they've, they've made some highlight catches, but you know, what about the other 30 times that the ball is getting thrown to them? Are they in the Correct. right place? Are they dropping it? Right. That's stuff we don't see. And of course the coach is not going to come out and, you know, throw the player under the bus and be like, oh, yeah, you know, he's made some good catches, but he's also dropped a lot. Yeah. You know, they're never going to tell us that. So, you know, the fan base is, is – we're never going to be happy, right, because, you know, it's been 15 years of the of the same kind of, you know, rinse, wash, re, or wash, rinse, repeat, you know, uh, you know, set up here, right? So we're tired of it, and, of course, we're going to be calling for the next guys up. But, you know, I don't always believe that that's the best thing. Like, James Williams, man, I love having that kid here, right? And you know, I think he's going to be great, but he needs time in the in the strength and conditioning program before I think his body can stand up to to every you know to to every play that happens in a you know in a college game, man. I mean, you know, 
you're getting abused out there, <laughs> you know? And, um, yeah. So for me, he's, he's, he's got to be able to get some time to, to wrap it up physically. Right. And then when you look at Leonard Taylor, right, obviously huge recruit, right. Um, I mean, a huge person as well, right. He's a, he's right. a big dude. So, you know, um, you know, yeah, we want to see him get out of the field, but you know, we don't know what's happening in the trenches on, on, uh, you know, on Green Tree, right? What's happening in practice, right? Is is he getting bullied by a, you know, by a second string offensive lineman? I, I mean, I you definitely would hope not. I hope I hope someone like Corey Gaynor is not like just like blowing Leonard Taylor off the ball. I, I know, but I'm just saying we don't we don't know Correct. we don't know what's happening in practice. So, you know, I, I think as as much as we are, and look, I've been I've been very outspoken on the coaching staff, right? Not so much as just a we played bad at app, we played you know, a bad game against Alabama more from the entire body of work, because when you look at the whole thing right now, man, I mean, if, if you're Manny Diaz and you're relying on your resume, uh, walking in for another job, your resume doesn't look too strong. Right. Yeah. I mean, so we got to go to break here on the Kang radio show. We'll be right back on Sirius XM channel 145 slam radio. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo. Tua. I can't do it. I'm done. Tongue of Iloa. To a nigga Manuala Pola. Tongue of Iloa. To a nigga Manuala Pola. Tongue of Iloa. To a nigga Manuala Pola. Tongue of Iloa. See, that sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information like your social security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva, la potra, la caballota, la reina y mi cuy. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. 
And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Second segment, Burr was getting a little long-winded over there. I'm like, Burr, I'm at a point. I'm like, look. I'm watching the clock, fuck. man. 16.30, man. I went like two seconds over. Man, and then, well, I thought you were going to keep keep turning and turning and turning. No, like, no, man. Let's go. Next thing you know, I'm I, got, the clock. I got Frank texting me. I got Larry texting me. Like, bro, oh. what's up with the clock? You know, so... <laughs> So, so going back to your point, I think it's very, very important to, for people to understand. Just because you, again, I want to reiterate this, just because you got five-star talent doesn't mean that they're ready to play right now. Look at Alabama. Look at all the five-star guys that Alabama has on their on their roster. Again, freshmen, they're sitting. You see, do you see uh, Corey Brooks playing at all? Nope. You know, I mean, it's like those people sit and they wait their turn. They get better and better. They get in the weight room. They get filled out. They get mature. Yeah, they might get some reps in practice and stuff like that. But that's where Miami has to be able to get that depth to be able to sit those guys. I don't feel like you should burn Leonard Taylor's red shirt this year. Like, I mean, again, I just don't see why you would need to. There's so much depth ahead of him. Like, why burn his red shirt? Yeah. No, look, I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, I think we got to continue to push forth with the guys that we have. But, you know, we got to play better, man. You know, that's, oh. that's the thing. I mean, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> What's up, Coach? He says, slap me because, bro, that's literally, yeah. that's, that's the key thing. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, listen, let me ask you this, Bert. People want to bash Diaz, right? They want to bash Likens. They want to bash Justice. Coaches can only put players in positions. It's up to the players to execute, right? So is it really is it really on the coaches? Like, from a, per, from a percentage standpoint, I think it's an 80 20 thing. 80% falls on a player for not executing the right. So I disagree with that, right? I mean, see, to, to me, the coach is, is paid. The coaching staff are, are paid to be held accountable for the for putting the right players on the field that do the right things at the right time. And if these guys aren't doing the right thing, you know, they need to replace them with but other if you people, don't, right? But if you don't have the people, let's look at our linebacker core. I'm just let's just let's air it out right now. Yeah, our, our linebacker core is probably the most suspect core that we have on our team. Right? Oh, absolutely. Without so question. You're, you're starting. You're starting 17, and you're starting 44. Maybe 11 trickles in there, but you got. Well, 11's 18. technically 11's technically on the, uh, you know, on the depth chart as the starter, but right. we see 44 so, out there a ton. But so that's what I'm saying, right? What what makes 11 better than 44? What makes 17 better than nine? You know, what makes whoever whoever right? Like where's Sam Brooks at? Obviously. You're going to throw people out there on the field, but if they're not good or they're not doing their job and you don't have somebody who is better than who you have out there already, like I think that's where it falls on your coaches for not recruiting better players. Yeah. Right? But you, but in, in, in Manny's, in Manny's defense, and I, and I, again, I'm going to be the glass, glass half full right now. In Manny's defense, Jennings and, and Steed have been here. A long time. Long time. Long Sam, time. Sam Brooks, this is his third year. Third. Yep. Okay. So technically, he was already kind of recruited probably by Diaz when Diaz was the DC here, right? Because after the 16 season or after the 17 season, that's where things started coming into a play, right? Because Rick left 2019. So that's when after 18, 18 well, he left after 18, Diaz 18 took over 19, 19 right? Yep. So. Yep. And I remember Brooks playing against La Tech in, in, in 2019 when we lost Killed La Tech. It. 
right. was the only right spot on the field that all day. So, so where where is the development now from these players? Steve's been hurt. Jennings has been hurt. You know, why aren't we seeing yeah. um, a Tyreek Austin Cade? Why aren't we seeing uh, Avery Huff? Huff. Why, aren't, why aren't we seeing now Now with Keontre being sidelined for probably a month or, you know, five weeks? Do you move Amari maybe to like the weak side linebacker? Yeah. And then, I like that move. Or I even like playing. I mean, look, seeing Gil in person, Gil's put on weight and some size since last yeah. year. I think Gil can play linebacker too. I, I think he you can, know? but because like Carter's mentally. doing great in the in the in, the, in, in at, you know Carter's doing very well with his position move. I'd hate to move him again. Yeah. It's almost like you know who's the best guy to take that that spot from Keontre now that he's injured. To me, it's it's not seventeen just from no. What I think though. There, I think right? why don't you just throw AD Huff out there and see what he can do? Yeah, that's he, that's he, the other guy. Is is to me, it's Huff, man. I mean. I would like to see Huff, Brooks, and again, I, you don't really get any feedback from Brooks. Like, is he hurt? Is he suspended? Like, I don't really know what's going on with Brooks. So it should be interesting. Now, obviously, Michigan State coming in, they're a running team too. Like, you need all the bodies that you that you possibly can have. So let me ask you this, Bird. Our run defense is just – I don't know if it's lack of tackling. Like, you saw it in spring, all the tackling drills and – I go back probably four years, and the best tackling game that I've seen was last year against Duke. Like, they were literally wrapping up, flying all over to the ball. Like, but after that game, I haven't seen anything in two, three years as far – again, I don't want to use the North Carolina game because that game just literally got ugly from, from, from <laughs> the jump, right? So what's it going to take – and I'm going to ask you this question, and, and obviously you're going to be honest with me. What's it going to take for Miami to stop the run? I don't know, man. I mean, you know, you walked up you, 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 this year, looking at it, you walked up against Alabama's rushing attack, which I actually think we played decent against, right? I think it was 147 we allowed to them. Uh, we allowed about uh, 158, somewhere around there, uh, to, to App State, right? But they have a, they have a pretty decent two-headed monster in, uh, in Cameron Peoples and, uh, and Nate Noel, right? Peoples had not, you know, 17 attempts. Yeah, 146 yeah. between the two. Yeah, and then you know Bryce had like seven on his own, but that doesn't really even yeah. count because he had four attempts, right? Yeah. You know, but I mean, those guys had a pretty decent game. Now you have this Walker cat that's coming in, who had a monster game against North Northwestern, um, and a decent showing in their in their last game. But you know, what what is he going to bring? Right? Is this guy going to be another just absolute handful for us? That's that's going to come in. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to say what what we do to <laughs> to slow down the run on the other teams, man. But yeah, I will say. I will say this though, I, you know the the three teams that Miami's played to start the season, nobody has played a tougher schedule in the nation other than Miami for these first three games. Let, let me ask you this: let, let's let's look at some of the debacles that happened last last weekend. Linebackers can't cover. Linebackers can't tackle. Special teams block punt, give up a hundred yard kickoff return. Who's responsible for both of those positions? <laughs> that would be the one and only John Packey. Like, why isn't anybody – everybody wants to rip on Manny. Why isn't anybody going at, at Packey? And, again, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be glass half yeah. full here. I'm just, I'm just asking this question because everybody wants to go off on Manny. It's Manny's defense, Manny this, Manny's right. calling it. But if you have a linebacker coach and you have a special team coach and those are two of your biggest issues – why aren't we doing something to kind of address that? 
Yeah, look, look, I'm I'm with you, but here's here's the thing on the on the on the stuff going in on Manny, right? Like Manny makes what four million dollars a year, like to be to be the guy, right? That that holds it together, and when it's not held together, in my opinion, he should be held accountable, right? If we're not playing right, if we're not playing to our standard, he needs to be held accountable. And if if we gotta hold your feet to the fire as a fan base, you know, to show you that hey, we expect more. Like, look, I'm not saying we need to fire him because look, firing a coach sets you back years, right? Like almost everything changes within the program. You know, you're going to have a lot of roster attrition. I want Manny to work. Believe me, I want to come in here. I want to, I want this Michigan state game this Saturday to be the same way that Louisville game was where it all clicked, uh, you know, in, in, in 2019. Right. And we come up and we hang 50 points on the board. We look great doing it. I think we absolutely can do that, but look, he, he's got to get something like that because, you know, there was a, there was a tweet that, uh, that the bear Chris Felica pulled out earlier and it was in Miami's last 25 games as a favorite, the Canes are 14 and 11 on the field and 10 and five or 10 and 15 against the spread. Like, dude, that means that you are showing up against everybody you playing and you're not playing well. I mean, in those, in those games as the favorite, you've got the likes of Bethune Cookman in there, you know, the Savannah States, you know, you, you, you got a lot of the layups and the gimmies, right? And I mean, look, man, <laughs> we have lost a lot under his watch in, in an embarrassing and a bad fashion, right? So, like I said, I'm not in on fire, the guy, but he better put it together pretty quick, man, because people's patience are wearing thin with us showing up unprepared, right? And yeah, you put but, on- you, but you can't necessarily, like, here's my thing. Like, you, you talk about people's patience are wearing thin. Miami's not, they don't have the money just to buy out people. Like, right. you know, they just, they, again, like this is where people have to understand. Well, I mean, you look at what happened at with Clay Helton out of USC, you know, obviously they just felt like, you know what, they, they needed to do something and they cut ties after two games. But to me, if you're going to just fire the guy after two games, you should have fired him, you know, before the season even started, you know, now you're going through an interim coach. Now you got to try to do a replacement coach and, you know, all those things come into play. I just feel like Manny's getting a, a bad rap and I'm not defending the guy. Yeah, okay, you get blown out by – and I don't want to even want to say you got blown out by Clemson. It was like 41-17, so it really wasn't a blowout, right? Miami was in that game, a couple plays here and there, but they were in that game. Carolina game was a blowout. You look at Oak State. Yeah, it started off, you, you know, you went down 21 nothing, but you fought back, you clawed back. You should have won that game, right? So if we win that game, it's a whole different scenario. The FIU loss, the Duke loss – um, you know, the La Tech loss. I mean, those, those are law. I mean, even Georgia Tech, but I mean, they, they look good. I mean, like there's times where teams look good and they come out better and, and they play better you on certain days. Um, but I still feel like you got to give Manny his full four years. You got to, and I say four, yeah. but you got to give somebody the whole recruiting cycle in order to build your players up. Because again, you know, what he inherited in 2019 you know, and again, you saw what the schedule was like and you saw what the performance was like, you know, quarterback room and disarray. And, you know, so but you 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 achieve better record wise from 2019 to 2020. And then again, if you go 10 and two this season and I'm counting the second loss, potentially being in the ACC title game, like that's improvement. That means you're Absolutely. making you're making progress, and, you know, but. Miami fans will never be happy no matter what. It's just that's the way Miami <laughs> fans are. But honestly, like we, yeah. we sit and we laugh about it, but yeah. that's how Miami fans are. They want it's that true. instant gratification. And, and again, it's not going to be there. 
Like it's the same thing back in the in the mid '90s when we were going through Pell Grant scandals, and you know you're getting beat by Florida State forty-seven to nothing. Like, granted, man, like you weren't good, but you know you continued to work, and that was Butch. You know, it took Butch, you know, five six years to finally get things going. You know, yeah. prior to Miami beating UCLA in '98, nineteen ninety-eight, to end the year, they just got shellacked like sixty-six thirteen to Syracuse the week before, yeah. right? So the Donovan McNabb game. I'm just saying, like, you know, people yeah. just it, it, it behooves me sometimes listening to the fan base. Like today I really try to stay off of, off of Twitter and stuff like that because I just can't sometimes. Like I just yeah. as much as I love the program, as much as I love, you know, watching Kane's football and things like that, like there's just some of the fans out there, they just have no common sense. They just want that instant gratification. Yeah. They want, you know, 12 wins. You're not gonna get that. You're not Alabama. Like, listen, at the, at the end of the day, we have the same record as Ohio State does right now. Yeah. I mean, listen, it is what it is. Yeah. And look, you could probably, you could probably put me, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't want to consider myself a Manny basher. Right. Because like I said, I, I, I want the guy to succeed, but you know, at the same time to me, I've only, I can count four times that we've shown up and that we've looked good and that we've looked prepared. And that was twice against Florida state, who is an absolute dumpster fire right now, once against Louisville and once against, um, and once against Duke last year, other than that, man, I mean, we've been, we've been in a dog fight every single one of these games and yes, we've improved, right? Six and seven and 19, eight and three last year. I do still think the future's bright this year, right? But, you know, you got to see nine plus um, and, and probably a, a bowl win, either a bowl win or a competitive uh, loss in the ACC championship game, right? Or, you know, go and really take it to a program who, who you know, comes out of nowhere later in the year, right? But, you know, that's that's what I got to say. I just got to see us like actually like really come in and be prepared and look the part, man, because, you know, all these embarrassing defeats that we've had, man, I mean, they're mounting and it's almost every single week, man. I mean, it, it's hard to say because at the end of the day, you know, you did go eight and three. Yeah, you lost your last two games of, of 2020, you know, yeah. so so play this out, right? Say you end up playing Georgia Tech last year, you beat Georgia Tech, right? You you win that game. You're sitting at nine and two. Maybe you don't go to the Cheez It Bowl. Maybe you go to a different bowl. Maybe you play a different opponent. Maybe you win that game, and, and you're sitting at ten and two, right? Yeah. So I always play out like the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. And, and again, I feel like we shoulda beat Oak State last year. Like regardless of the outcome, like when King went down and you saw a five come in. He literally put the team on his back, put the ball where it needed to be, and unfortunately he had some bad drops. Or else we're sitting here talking about, hey, we finally got a bowl win since the first time since 2016 against West Virginia. You know, true. you're building on momentum. I still don't think you go into Atlanta and beat Alabama. Like we were talking all that. Like deep down, I didn't really think we were going to beat Alabama. I think we had an opportunity to beat Alabama. And, again, I'm going to say that because my heart tells me, you know what, we're going to beat every single team. But realistically, always pick up the win. Always, and it doesn't cost always. me anything to do that, right? But at the end Damn of the day, right. like Alabama is just far superior, you know. So you know, but again, having that pushed to the side, it is what it is. Um, Michigan State coming up, you know, and again, we got about a minute, you know, before we go to break. Um, I'm expecting a big crowd from Michigan State to travel. I mean, it's South Florida, you know. Obviously, it's probably beautiful right now in the fall up there in East Lansing. Um, you know, this is a game. Last year, we that got canceled. We should have been up at East Lansing. You know, I probably would have made a detour, went to the big house, 
you know, saw the big <laughs> house. Because that was my plan, man. I, I fly into Detroit, swing over and catch, you know, just walk by the big house, see all that, and then kind of, you know, trek over to East Lansing and, and get ready for that. So yeah. um, I'm excited about it. I mean, obviously, it, it's a Big Ten opponent. I and mean, there's a lot of good games on this week, you know. Um, I'm excited that it's a noon game. Believe it or not, I am excited for a noon game because then I can get home at a decent time and watch the three thirty game, which is, you know, Florida and Alabama. Then the eight o'clock game is, you know, uh, Auburn and Penn state. Like there's, you know, it's starting to get some good games on the schedule, you know? I'm so happy that I'm so uh, happy that season's back. Yeah. I mean, I, I live for these moments. It's like college football is, is ideal. Um, so anyway, let's go ahead and go to break real quick. When we get back, we'll, we'll talk about the Michigan State game. And, and I have some questions to ask you, you know, about some points and some do's, some don'ts about what Miami needs to do to win this game. So we'll be right back here on the K-Gang Radio Show. we got Bird and Co. We'll be right back. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home. Privacy of your own home. Watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. 
I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word won. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 1249, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. rocking and rolling trying to make our way through this day trying to get things organized trying to get things prepared we got game day here getting ready to pop off 12 o'clock michigan state 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 spartans against our miami hurricanes um bird what is it going to take for our tight ends to finally get involved in the offense (laughs) well i mean look i I love will mallory right but he's got he's got to catch the ball when it's thrown to him man because you know the, the the case of the dropsies man he's uh He's got the Mark Pope dropsies every time he's he's been throwing the ball, man. And honestly, you know, from, from what I've seen so far this year, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Arroyo ends up running past Mallory. So th- that, that brings up a good point, right? So obviously we've given, you know, six and eight, three years to kind of move up and, and play some ball and things like that. This is Mallory's third year as well. Like at what point – if he's not being productive, do you go to the young guy? Because what I saw from Arroyo the other day, and, and granted, it was still App State, um, but I like the fact how he caught the ball, he turned up field, lowered his shoulder. Like, I, and he's a big kid. Like, he is just yeah. a big kid. Um, we saw, you know, we were able to see, that, see him afterwards, and, you know, good, good kid, good family. What's it yep. going to take for him to get on the field more? I just hope he's earning it in practice. I mean, because, you know, the, what he's showing in games right now, you're not going to be able to hold that kid off the field. You know, no. he, runs, he runs he runs well. He runs hard. I think he's always in a position to make the catch. Um, yeah, I mean, you're not going to be able to keep this kid off the field. I just wonder if – I don't want to use the word politics because I, I hate using that word. I just don't want to see politics being associated with keeping people off the field. I want to be able to see the best players at the best position to be able to get on the field. And you see that right now. And listen, no disrespect to six, no disrespect to eight, but those young kids, you know, again, you know, you look at, you look at X, you know, Romello got in, 
you know, Keyshawn's in there. I feel like Harley and Rambo are, are your two, you know, solidified guys. And then it's like sprinkling in some other guys here and there. Um, I, I just don't know what's going to happen with, I mean, confidence wise, when, when you're not allowing six and eight really get on the field, do you think that that, that affects their mantra? Do you think that affects their mentality? You know, there was a photo of uh, Pope sitting on the bench that caught my attention. Like, you know, it looked like he had a somber face on and everybody else was cheering and he was just like, like, whatever it is, what it is. That's the type of thing, you know, when you're two, three, four deep, whatever the case may be, you got to be a team player, you know, root for those that are yeah. ahead of you and, you know, try to work your way up. You know, I wish yeah. the kid all the luck, whether or not he stays at Miami, whether or not he transfers, whatever the case may be, like you still got to be a team player. Yeah. Here's the, here's the thing. I mean, he's, he's, um, he's a distraction if he's not, you know, if he's, if he's doing those kind of things. Right. So he's either got to put it together and play and, and, and play his way into playing time, or he needs to leave and go find a better situation for himself and for this team. Because if you're just sitting there and you're not excited and you're not, you know, you're not a part of that team and you're not out there giving everything you got, you're a distraction. Right. And, you know, look, the coaches, need to tell him like, look, bro, you're either going to get up or you're not going to dress every game. And if I got to leave you, you know, sitting over there in, in, in shorts and you're, and you're just your Jersey top, I'll do that. You know, like I can, I can teach you what to do on the field, but I can't teach you to care. Right. So if you don't care, I can't use you, you know? And I mean, there's, that could probably be said for a couple of the guys out there. Right. I, I mean, I, I think you're right on that aspect because Again, it goes back to being, a, a, you know, a team player. You know, you want to cheer for those that are, are playing and cheer for those, you know. But, again, at the same time, like, you know, you can't let your ego get the best of you. You can't feel like, hey, I'm this five-star guy. You're a five-star guy on seven-on-seven. Seven. You're no longer a five-star guy, bro. You're you're a wide receiver that plays at, at Miami who's not on the depth chart right now. So, you well, know. That's well, that's what I'm going at. Like, yeah. you know, your ego is, oh, I'm this five-star guy. But yep. yet you haven't played up to – and you've had some – you had a, a couple – like last year against Vatek, you know, you had a game winner. You know, you made some plays. But other than that, man, you know, fumbles on punts and drop passes. Like you got to mentally you, – you got to be there. You got to be all in mentally. You can't just be – you can't be part like a PT player, right? Like, <laughs> and, and that's not a primetime player. That's a part-time player. You can't be a part-time player. Like I love, I love Dickie V when he throws all these acronyms and stuff out. You know, he's a PT player. He's a diaper dandy. You know those <laughs> type of things, right? But like, just because you came in as a five-star with all this hype, like put it on the field and see and see how it works out. Because at the end of the day, I, I just man, I, I just don't know, man. I just don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I said, though, man. I mean, something's got to give, man. Because if you're sitting there and you're taking up roster time you're taking up reps in practice you know you're being an influence to the other players on the team you know i mean it better be a positive one and if it's not you know they need to, they need to get you out of there man and you know it, it's kind of like the lingard situation and i don't know it for a fact so i'm not going to sit there and, and, and slay the kid's name but obviously he wasn't doing what it took to get on um, on the field and came time to make a decision you're either going to you know stay here or you're going to go somewhere else and try to play your way onto the field you know, so no disrespect to either of those kids. I'm sure, you know, Pope's a good kid. But if you're a distraction, I got no time for you, man. You know? 
So what are the bright spots that I, you know, again, I like to look for bright spots in the game was field goal kicking. I can't take huh. away the, I can't think, I, again, I can't blame the one block. I mean, literally the guy, just bull, no. he just bull rushed at it. You know, it, it happened, but you know, you're throwing a true freshman kicker out there with two and a half minutes to say, look, man, we need you to make this kick. And you make this kick, you know, we go up by two and then our defense just needs to hold them. Like you're talking about clutch, like 30, man, just literally went out there. And when he first kicked it, I'm like, man, did he pull that? You know what I mean? And like, but it's, you know, it stayed through. So, you know, shout out to, you know, number 30, you know, Andy Borgales, you know, good friend of ours here on the show. And the stash. Um, yeah. You know, great, great, great family. <laughs> But yeah. it's, you know, that was a bright spot. I mean, you can see what we have for the future. And this is where I'm talking about, like, you know, what do we have building for the future? You have a great, you have a great field goal kicker, right? You got your punter is, is Lou can eventually come back another year if he wants to. I don't see that happening. <laughs> but, you know, again, like, you know, you got people in waiting. Your long snapper, um, Clay James, you know, has another year. So, like that special teams unit is going to be pretty solid for the next couple of years. You know, yeah. you look at the young wide receiver core, you know, again, you lose, going to lose Rambo. You're going to lose Harley. Who steps up into those, like that wide receiver one next year? Is it going to be a Keyshawn? So, and I think that's probably from what I've seen so far, you know, Keyshawn probably assumes that role is wide receiver one, you know, but then you have the Romellos, the Bashars, the Jacobis, the X's, you know, like those are guys that you're, you're, you know you're looking forward to seeing, build, getting chemistry, getting continuity. Um, and this is where I feel like, like the Central Connecticut State game, or this this is where I feel it's important. You don't play King that game. There's no reason to play King that game. I feel like that's the type of game you come out with a TBD, a Jake Garcia. Maybe you split the halves, but you let them guys work with. The X's, the Romillos, the Bashards, the Jacobis, the Elijah Arroyos. You let those quarterbacks get legitimate game time experience with those guys, right? Again, yeah. you know, Cam, I think Cam plays, but why not the Cody Browns and the Thad Franklins, you know? Like maybe Roosters back by then, I don't know. But like those are the type of things I feel like college football, like you need because obviously last year when King went down, now, granted, it was the last game of the season. Um, you know, it was two and a half quarters. But you had an experience, Nicozy Perry, in waiting. You don't have any experience in waiting right now, right? No. So if something happens to King, you're in trouble. Yeah, if you look at the snap counts from App State, I, I looked at them. I don't have them in front of me right now. But, I mean, there was almost no rotation on the offensive side of the ball whatsoever, right? Like, um, I mean, the snap counts almost went right down the middle on him. But, you know, look, I, I agree. You play the young guys, right? I think you do give King just maybe the first series, kind of like an NFL preseason game. Let him run out there. Let him, you know, let him stretch his legs. Let him go through. Let him have a series, you know, get a score on the board or whatnot. Um, but I do think you extensively see uh, both TBD and Jake. And then probably in the last couple minutes of mop up, you know, you probably put a, you know, a, a Matoka or, you know, even a Ryan Rizik in uh, to let him, you know, let him get out there and, and let him get a couple snaps in the game, right? Well, if you look at, if you look at, I just pulled up the stats from the game, right? Total yards, Miami 375, App State 326. Passing yards, 200 from Miami, 199 for App State. Rushing, 175, Miami, 127, App State. Again, that's taking away some sacks, things like that. 
yards per play, 4.9 to 4.5. Miami with 25 first downs compared to 19. Uh, we were 5 of 16, and they were 5 for 15 on third down efficiency. Um, we were, they, they were 1 for 3 on fourth down. We were 0 for 0. We had 76 plays. They had 73 plays. You know, six punts, five punts. We were, you know, both six penalties, one for 60 yards, one for 48 yards, one interception by them. But they controlled the clock five more minutes than we did. Like, like that game was literally a balanced game through and through. You know, and, and, and I don't think the score is indicative of – I think Miami could have beat them by a lot more. But yet, the way we played, App State could have beat Miami that day. Oh, you know? yeah, almost did. <laughs> uh, well, I don't necessarily think they almost did. I, I think that the score is a little closer. Um, obviously, the defense stepped up. Tyreek, I think, had a, had a, a phenomenal game out on corner. You know, they knew where – they knew that they were going to go to, you know, either Hennigan or whoever the guy was – you know, as far as your stud receivers. And, you know, he pretty much locked them down. But, again, if you take away that seven points on the kick return, right, I'm just – let me just throw this out there. And, again, it's it's all hypothetical because the game's over and we won by two. But you take take the block put away, you know, add the block field goal. Now we're 28-23. Take away the seven points on their kickoff return. Now it's 28-16. Take away the field goal and add four points because we lined up in the backfield. Right. So now you're at 32, 16, you know, you know, so it's those little yeah. things like that, that completely changed the game. You're right. You're right. And, and look, here, here's, here's the other thing that I want to go back to though. And I want to ask you, I mean, you know, you think we beat Michigan state and let's say, you know, we look convincing and everybody's like, wow, you know, whatever the score is, but the offense plays well, the defense plays well. We, you know, we, we play a good respectable effort out on the field, looking at the first three games of the season and who you played. Right. Are you happy with two and one? I think you got to be, right? Well, I said, listen, I, I believe you're going to be four and one going into North Carolina. I've said that from Rick. Um, yeah. Again, it, Michigan State's probably your toughest competition besides. And again, I know that they were in shambles last year. They, you know, again, they, they had a lot of people hit the portal, but I just feel like they're a really good. We always struggle against Big Ten team. Look at Wisconsin the last couple of years we played cool. them. Right. It's just, it's one of those things, you know, can we, can our defense withstand the big beef eaters up front? Right. I don't think our offense is going to have too much trouble. I think it's our defense. And again, going back to, can our defensive tackles apply pressure? I, I, and honestly, like, you know, obviously I'm not trying to be a homer, but like, I like what I've seen out of Zach McLeod. I like what I've seen out of Chance Williams. Um, On the other side, I don't really see a lot of like Harvey had a sack last week, but other than that, like, you know, with, um, 13, DeAndre uh, Johnson. I haven't even seen him. <laughs> so between Johnson and Harvey on the right-hand side, I haven't really seen anything, right? A lot of the pressure has been coming off the left side with Zach and Chance. So I, I like the I like the, the front, the guys with their hand in the ground, but they're the ones that are going to dictate the, the outcome because if you can hold Michigan State's offensive lineup, to maybe allow your linebackers to shoot gaps to make tackles, I think that's going to allow Miami to be successful. Yeah, DeAndre Johnson didn't. I just look at I have the stats up here from the game. He didn't even make the stat sheet in that game. So, you know, no tackles, you know, no sacks, no interceptions, right? Like, you know, he he didn't even make the uh, he didn't put anything on the board there. That's crazy. That's definitely yeah. crazy. Yeah. You know, he was supposed to be your portal. You know, your portal stud per se coming back out. You know, playing SEC ball. Coming back home to Miami, you know, Miami guy coming off the edge, you know. I mean, I did see him coming off the edge against Alabama, 
you know, he did push up the field kind of quick, kind of hard. Um, sometimes the stats don't necessarily tell the outcome of how you played, you know, because sure. sure. again, if like looking at Zach, right? Like Zach's coming up and putting pressure. If Chase Bryce steps up in the pocket, like Zach's doing his job. If Chance is pushing up, you know, up into the pocket and Bryce steps over and rolls out, Chance is doing his job. It's up to the other guys, the other nine guys or 10 guys that are, you know, affected to come up and maybe do their job. So I think sometimes the defensive line gets a, like the lack of credit based on, oh, they didn't have a sack or they didn't have these tackles. But if they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing by creating pressure, and again, you go back to the Alabama game, Miami had like 35 quarterback pressures against, you know, uh, Chase Young. Not Chase Young, um, Bryce, whatever his name Bryce, was. Bryce, Bryce, Bryce Young. You know, um, so again, those ends, they did their job. They made him step up in the pocket. They forced him to roll out. He just made good throws. So, again, I, I think it's going to be predicated in the trenches. Michigan State, I think, is going to be a tough game. I want to say, so my heart tells me Miami beats them by 30. I mean, it's just not realistic. I think Miami wins by 13. I think Miami comes in. I think they look prepared. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's somewhat maybe around maybe 21-10, give or take, somewhere around there. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. But if you get the dub, you pretty much have a guaranteed dub against I would say that's a 98% chance of beating Central Connecticut State, right? Oh, way higher. I'm just I'm, I'm going 98, right? So I know. After, after watching what happened to our uh, friends 100%, up north. 100%. So, I'm going to say 98. So, but again, you're right. You're sitting at three and one, you know, after your, you know, your first four games. And then you, you turn around after that Saturday and you have a Thursday night game against Virginia. You know, Hard Rock should be bumping Thursday night, ESPN. Yeah. Like, you know, again. You should be able to win that game too. People I've seen online, I think people are, uh, and we only got about a minute before we go we, we go for uh, a break. But there's a lot of people I think that uh, have Virginia. Who's Virginia playing this week? Uh, Carolina. They got I think yeah. they got Virginia beating Carolina. I'm like, whoa. Whew, so I'll the, take AC, it. the ACC Coastal is going to be predicated for Miami in two weeks, and I'm talking about the Virginia game and the Carolina game. You got them back to back. Obviously, Miami controls its own destiny right now with Carolina only losing. We'll get into that. We'll talk about that soon when we uh, come back. You're listening to the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General, at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva Potra, la caballota, la reina y mi queen. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Appreciate you guys coming back, listening to the Kane Gang Radio Show on Sirius XM channel 145. Slam radio. You know, we're getting into the meat and potatoes here of the uh, the out-of-state game. And one thing that I found that was kind of, I don't want to say baffling, because I, usually I'm baffled for a bunch of different reasons. Like, the O-line play. I would have thought that by this time, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, right? Because I feel like there's so much continuity that there should be so much continuity, let me rephrase that. Um with the offensive line, I mean, the guys have been there. You didn't really lose anybody, you know, whether or not, you know, Gaynor and Donaldson and uh, Williams and Zion and Scaife and Clark. And, you know, now this year you're sprinkling in Rivers playing. Like, I just don't know. Like, I watched the Alabama game, and I watched especially the center and the right side of the line just get, a, like, just demolished. But I watched the App State game, and they didn't fare – that great either. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah, you know, they 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 didn't. I expect play. more. I ex- yeah. I I've ex- I expect more, and and like I, I've come to ex- let me rephrase this. Let me rephrase this. I have expected more than what I've seen so far. Now, granted, you played Alabama, which again, that's that's a tough task in in, in itself, and. I think this week it's going to be a telltale on how good Alabama is. I still think they beat Florida by 21. I'm just going to throw that out there early, but I, I think they beat Alabama. I mean, I think Florida loses by 21. Um, but the upstate App State game, I mean, you got to be able to push those guys around. 21 plus for me on Florida losing, bro. I think Alabama is so good, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's it, it's at least 21 points. I mean, yeah. I hope they get beat worse than Miami. I mean, again, you think about it, though. Miami got only got beat by, what, 31 points? 44-13, something like that? Yeah, 44-13. It was 31 okay. point game. Yep. And what if, what if Florida gets beat by 40? I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If if they do, they're just going to, you know, oh, whatever. They're going to make excuses. But if they lose by any less margin than us, oh, we're better than Miami because we lost to Alabama by less points. It don't well, work that, like that. Technically, but. I th- but, you know, in all fairness, and, and again, I'm not being a homer, 
Um, I think they are better than Miami. Yeah. I mean, as far as how we've looked through two games, yeah. But, I mean, remember as well, they have played nobody. <laughs> I mean, USF maybe a bottom ten team. Okay. FA. All right. So FAU's actually. I mean, they're 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 decent. I think they're a respectable G five. Well, right? after after what I watched Cozy do last week, I mean. Yeah. Cozy Dyson. But that's what I'm saying, and then you know, I think what was it, 35-14, something like that, from the the Florida FAU game. I mean, it wasn't a blowout. I mean, they yeah. didn't blow. They didn't blow FAU out. Well, the thing the thing that's killing them though, and I mean, look, I've been saying this. I think I've said it on the show a few times, but that Emory Jones kid is not it, and the Anthony Richardson kid, like that's the guy who should be starting for them. And I've been saying that for a long time for them. So the longer that they go with Emory Jones, um, you know, I, I think the worse off they're going to be, man. I think it's going to cost them wins and losses, actually. I think when they finally realize that. Richardson is probably their best bet moving forward. I do think things will change. Um, but I, I mean, Emory Jones, and I said this last year too, like I just, I'm not a proponent of him. Like he reminds me, gosh, I don't even want to say this, but like the inconsistent passing is almost like a Tate Martell type situation, right? That's probably why Tate didn't get a lot of burn is he was just very inconsistent in his passing. Um, so yeah. I think, but I think Richardson's actually hurt. I mean, I know he got hurt last week. I don't know if he's back healthy or not. But if they don't have Richardson, I don't think they win. I don't think they have a chance. Oh no! At yeah, all, I'm, I'm totally with you there. It, it doesn't matter. I think Bama wins by 21 plus. So it's, yeah. it's a moot point. So getting back to uh, the O line, um, I like to see how finally, and and, and I want to preface this because. Again, I'm trying to be on the up and up. I'm trying to be, I don't want to say I'm politically correct. I just, I want to give credit where credit is due. I do like how Coach Justice came out this past week and literally held people accountable. Mm -hmm. If that can be a trendsetter to where maybe now another coach would come out and take accountability maybe for the linebackers or for the special teams or for the whole defense or, you know, uh, T-Rob comes out and says, hey, you know, or DVD comes out and says, hey, man, our DBs are not playing up to par. They're not playing the way that they should be. Like somebody else has to come out to me. And, and again, it's kind of like a breath of fresh air that somebody finally comes out and is taking responsibility. Yeah. So to me, our best offensive lineman so far has, has quietly – yeah, it's exactly what I was going to say. It's, it's quietly been Jalen Rivers, right? Um, you know, he's 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 not making mistakes. I mean, at least any that I can uh, that I can see out there. No. Um, you know, I don't I don't know what's happening with Gaynor because I actually was pretty high on Gaynor, but so was I. Um, I don't I don't think he's playing well, and I think it's. You know, I know they're trying to keep a red shirt on Jakai this year, but you know, maybe we take a look at him in the in the center position, man, because Corey has not looked uh, has not looked like it so far this year. Um, you know, Scaife, you know, he flashed a lot of um, yeah, he's, a lot he's of really six, good things. Six three. Yeah. You know, well, he, he flashed a lot. He guard, but he really should be a guard. Yeah. Really, his freshman year, he looked promising. And since then, though, like, I mean, what has he done since his since his freshman year? No, pretty much uh, nothing. Correct. You know, you know and, 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 and that's where I think justice, you know, uh, I think justice is, is a benefit being at right tackle. Um, if Zion yeah. can hold down, 
And again, you've got backup at Jared Williams. I think, you know, he brings, you know, solid backup experience, but it's literally like, and I don't want to sound mean or anything, but like, I would have thought that Donaldson was just the way that he was portrayed coming back would be blowing people off the ball. It, you know, it was good to see too, how players are holding other players accountable. There was two times last week. I know on like a little bubble screen uh, to Rambo, Donaldson didn't get out in the flat and allowed the guy to go right by him. And then Rambo literally got up in his mug, you know, and was saying something to him. Right. So yeah. it's good to see stuff like that as well. And, and again, it's still the second game of the, the year. Um, and again, you won. Now, maybe you didn't win as pretty as people would like, but you still won the game. You know, when I, when I look at Donaldson, man, and, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe this is a critical comment of him in a public forum, man. But I, I just don't ever see the heart in that kid. You know what I mean? Like, he just kind of seems like he's just out there. You know, like he doesn't doesn't care much, man. You yeah. know, and I don't yeah. know that for a fact. So yeah. you know, if I'm wrong, which I could be, you know, shame on me. But uh, you know, I just never really see him to be into it and caring, right? I mean, you know, he, he let himself balloon really big last year, and I give him a lot of credit for taking a lot of those pounds down man but i don't know man well you know you you bring up something that that is that you know you talk about like a public platform and i I feel like there's so many public platforms out there where these coaches these players they continue to get ripped after ripped after ripped and and i don't want to be that type of platform to be in the same boat of those people like i think we can be i think we can be critical without being disrespectful or being mean because at the end of the day i i don't want our show to be as some of the other shows where they just bash people left and right i just i don't want that i don't want my show to be like that yeah i think that's why i preface that column that that comment with that because i don't know that for a fact right but from what i see as a distant observer and from a fan's perspective you know i just i don't really see a lot of heart i don't see you know if, if you're that if you're that big and that physically imposing you know, you should be mean out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And if that kid had a mean edge in him, he would hands down be our best offensive lineman. And he would be on his way to the NFL if he had a mean streak. in him. Okay. So let me ask you this question. Name a player on the offense who has that mean streak. <laughs> um, I'm talking about anybody. Uh, oh, okay. Let me, let me, let me rephrase so that question. Let, so me rephrase think... question. Let, let me rephrase that question. I can answer. Not, it, but go ahead. Well, not who has the mean streak. Who has the heart? Because that's what you were talking about first. So I, so I think Cameron Cam Harris has the heart. I just think that you know he just something doesn't click out there for him. He doesn't see holes when they open up. You know, so I think he cares and I think he wants to be great. And I think you know, you know, he's physically imposing, but it, it just doesn't unfold for him. And his vision is not good out there. You know? Let me let me tell you what I – because I went back and watched the App State game twice. I went back okay. and watched the Alabama game three times over the last couple of weeks, right? So what I've noticed is they're not really running to the right side, they're not really running to Donaldson and Scaife's side. It's more to the left or up the middle. Maybe they're just not comfortable with the right side of the line. That's why we're either going up the middle or maybe to the left a little bit. We're not kind of getting outside. Um, and, and you're right. I think the, the running backs got to be able to see some type of hole. You know, and again, if your call is a 41 blast, I'm just throwing a number out there, right? And that's pretty much right up the gut. Go through the, 
you know, the A gap or the B gap. But you know that you can literally see as a running back how things are lined up. When you get the ball, you got to be able to put your foot in the ground, whether it's your left foot or your right foot, and bounce it outside. Like, you just don't run up the gut because that's the call. If, if, the, if the hole is blocked, then, then, then change your direction, right? Yeah, and if you think back to Cam's freshman year when he was Cam Davis, right, yeah. he, he would do that, right? Like, he hit some home runs, man. Like, he hit some 30, 40-yard touchdowns. And now it just seems like he runs into the into the defense. He just runs into the teeth of the defense every they're time. They're not right? even looking or running into the back yeah. of, you know, one of the offensive linemen because they're getting pushed yeah. back five yards, you know? Yeah, I mean, you run into the back of the offensive lineman, you're, you're stopping – you're getting stopped right where that O-lineman is. You know, you got to be able to push it off of them or, you well, know, or, or and, get out. or. And I think that's where you have to have a really good change of direction type back, right? Right. Like, if you look Knighton. at – well, correct. Like, Knighton um, – Again, I'm talking about our running backs, right? I think Cheney was that guy. Cheney could see it, and he could cut and plant and take off in a different direction. I think Cam's more of that bruising back, you know, gives yeah. you the two, three yards, you know, things like that. But, like, this is the University of Miami. Like, you've known to have, you know, you're going to have eventually two Hall of Fame running backs in Edron and Frank Gore, right? But you mm-hmm. had – Willis, if Willis's knee doesn't get blown out, who knows what he ended up doing career-wise in the NFL? You know, because again, I don't think he was out. I mean, even though he was a first-round pick, you know, to Buffalo, I still don't think he was the same runner as he was in college. Portis ran for crazy amount of yards. Um, you know, there, there's just been so many, like Greg Cooper, Damian Barry, Gus Edwards. You know, my, Duke. Yeah, Duke. I mean, again, unfortunately, like none of them are really on the roster right now. Like Duke's a yeah. free agent in Jacksonville, and Gus yeah. was going to be the leading back over in Baltimore, then he got injured. Um, but, you know, when you look at the running backs that come out of the University of Miami, you know, they're good. But I, I don't see the last couple of years, you know, somebody, I mean, like DJ, like that. DJ, DJ was the same thing. DJ can get you that two, three yards, you know, up the middle type, type back. But he also bounced outside. Same thing with Travis. Travis was the type of back that would get you two, three yards up the middle. But he would see the hole and he would cut it outside. I just don't think our guys are looking to bounce outside. I think they're just looking for whatever the call is, that's where I'm going to run. And that's what I've seen so far. I haven't seen any type of adjustments where they're looking to plant, bounce, and get outside. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a a great observation, man. Because that's the thing. But, like, you know, yeah, I think Cam cares and he runs with heart. But he just – his vision has been awful. <laughs> well, and, and you, you talk about, like, you know, inconsistent play. You know, let, let's talk about someone like Mike Harley. Mike Harley, I thought coming into this season, was just going to absolutely just eat in this offense, you know, yeah. based on what I saw coming from the second half of last year. You know, obviously Alabama, he went out, you know, six, second quarter with some type of like, a, I don't know if it was a mild concussion. I don't know what the case was. But, you know, he went out of the game. And then, you know, he had a few drops against App State. You know, that, that can get, you know, play a factor in your head. But we had the drops between, you know, uh, Will Mallory, like we mentioned earlier, Mike Harley had some drops. Like, just the inconsistency on offense and not being able to use, you know, your right people at the right time and take advantage. Like, you have Keyshaw Smith one-on-one. I would be taking shots at that all day. You know, why aren't you seeing that? You know, and, and, and that's where, you know, Manny as a head coach has to be able to say, hey, Rick, we got one-on-one over here. Why aren't we taking advantage yeah. of this? Well, another, you know, you asked that heart question, right? Yeah. And another guy comes to mind on the heart question, and that's 
X, X Restrepo, yeah. right? Okay. You know, like the, the way that he gets in there, like that kid's a gamer, man, you know? And, um, you know, I, I would love to see that kid on the field more. And I'm not saying just because he caught the touchdown and now, you know, against Bama, right? But, you know, he, uh, he always is in there playing hard, man. And that's one of those guys that you can put out there and you could say, yeah, that guy has the heart factor going for him. Well, I think, it, and I think eventually he's going to, I think he slides right into that role that Harley, um, you know, gives Absolutely. up back to the kid, right? I think, I think moving forward into the spring um, of 2022, he's your starting slot receiver. Um, mm-hmm. and, and someone's got to take it away from him because I don't see anybody taking that away. I just think yeah. that he's, I think he's too valuable, even at this point, just watching him play on an everyday basis and on an every down basis, you know, he's all heart. It reminds me of, of uh, Jeremy Wire, right? You, you remember, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Cuba Gooding? Yeah, I'm trying to think of his name in the movie, though. Um, oh, man. But there's oh. a part in there where, where Jeremy Wire is talking about, you know, he has no heart. He's like, no heart. No heart. I'm all heart, mother. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, yeah. man, what is his name in the movie? Rod. 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 Rod, uh, uh, Rod something. It's definitely Rod something. Hold on, I'm pulling it right now. And I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I know it's Rod. See, I'm not googling nothing. It is Rod. It is Rod. Rod. Uh... All right, hold on, hold on. Here it comes. Oh my word. Oh, here it is. Here it is. This is such an Arizona Cardinals name too. Rod Tidwell. Tidwell. Rod Tidwell, right? <laughs> so, but yeah, number 85, Rod right. Tidwell. So it just makes me like that's the type of person that I think that X is. Like it's it's every day he's grateful for the opportunity and he's going to take advantage of that opportunity. So yeah. um, I don't know. It, it should be interesting moving forward, like I said, you know, what happens with some of these young receivers getting some playing time. Well, let's do this. Let's go to break real quick. We got two more segments here on this uh, two-hour show, the Kane Gang Radio Show. Bird's up there holding it down in the 772. It's me, DC, uh-huh. and the 954. We'll catch you guys in a minute. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing, you're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> 
Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning, well, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. you, you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2249, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Listen, it is officially – no, I'm not going to do officially prediction time because we'll do that next segment. I was going to do officially prediction time for different games, but we can hold off onto the final segment. So let's, let's finish talking about a couple things that, that I took away from the, the App State game. Um, again, it was nice to see the crowd, right? The crowd, was, the crowd was into the game for the whole game. You know, the Boo Birds did come out. Like, I don't know if you heard it, Bird, but the Boo Birds – the Boo Birds came out. You know, I'm, bird, sitting, here, if, I'm if sitting here like talking on mute. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, like I'm pointing at you. Oh, yeah. So, so what's up with the Boo Birds? 
Yeah, so the Boobirds came out when we were on third and long, right? And, you know, the frustration with the offense, you know, we throw a, a bubble screen pass, right? It was like to the it was like to the Rick days again. And you're like, what are you doing? Why? Like it just it just makes no sense. I don't know if that's the RPO and and perhaps King's comfort level with the RPO, but you know, look, if you're in a, a third and long situation, man, you know you got to take a shot, right? You got to have a play ready for that. Right. Right. And, and it just seems like we never have the plays ready. And, you know, I, I said something to you when we were talking on the phone the other day and, you know, obviously I've been, I've been pretty critical of Manny and I think it's a lot of my criticism has been just, but I think one of his biggest problems is that he overthinks things. Right. And he always relies on, you know, if you hear him in the press conference, Oh, well, you know, our analytics told us that, you know, every, you know, 80% of the time when we're in this situation, that's the right call. Yeah. Well, you know what, bro? Like, I get it. It's good you're into that money ball stuff and all. But what's got to trump all that every single time is common sense, you know? So you got to be able to fall back and look at the situation and say, hey, maybe this isn't the right play call for this time, given the situation. Like, I know what analytics are telling me, but I probably need to make a different call based on common sense. Well, that, that goes back to my, my point last segment where I talk about – I'm sure Manny can hear what's being called, right? I mean, you would think that Manny has his ears, you know, on everything. You know, let me ask you a hard, let me ask you a question. How hard is it to be the defensive coordinator as well as the head coach, but yet you're trying to watch the offense on the field to see what's going on? Who's coaching your defense? Yeah. So, uh, you know what? I don't like the dual role ever. Any, and a lot of coaches see success with it and with calling their own offense. Like, I know Jimbo's seen success with it for years. You know, but I think the offense team, is different, but... right? So, so Bert, let me rephrase that. Because and, 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 and I like where you're going there. But I think it's easier to be an OC and a head coach than being a a defensive coordinator and a head coach. And it goes, sure. Because, sure. Right, right, because if you're in the OC, if you're in the OC yeah. role and you're actually watching the game and you're calling plays, you have someone in D.C. handling the defense. Yeah. But, like, how, how do you be the defensive coordinator? So when they come off the field, you should be over there talking to your defensive guys, but then yeah. who's watching the game, right? So go ahead. Exactly. No, and then, look, that's where I'm going. I mean, if, if, if I had to pick for my head coach to do one of the two, it would definitely be to call the offense versus calling the defense. But – I think there's so much that goes on in the game and you got to manage timeouts and you got to, you know, you got to manage all the situations that are going on. Calling the defense or calling the offense is too much added responsibility inside of a game. Right. So to me, man, it's just, you know, I want my head coach to be focusing on nothing but exactly what's going on. And, you know, the, 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 you know, the way we're attacking the clock, especially, you know, coming down towards the end of the game, um, and I think that's crucial to wins and losses, man. You know, I want a guy who's just, you know, who's who's watching everything and who's able to, you know, go and if a kid's, you know, losing it in his head, shouldn't be an assistant coach. Sometimes it should be that head coach pulling over to me like, hey, man, take a deep breath. You got You got to get it together over there, man. And, you know, you got to make sure that you pick up that block every single time. You know, I don't know. I just I well, definitely don't think coach to be calling both. Well, and that's where I feel like maybe we're having problems too. You know, we, we talk about running this up-tempo offense. Sometimes I feel like it's not even up-tempo. I feel like it's rushed. Like there's one thing to be up-tempo. You come up to the line and see things. Not, but I feel like we come up and we just rush. We don't look at, you know, there's no there's no pre-reads. There's no pre-snap recognition of what's going on. And it goes back to our point. It goes back to our point where, you know, you come up to the line, you got a one-on-one. You got to be able to check out of that. 
you know, you got to be able to see that. And King, King is like, you know, mature enough and an upperclassman. He should know that thing. Again, we are not at practice every day. We don't see the ins and outs. We don't know what's being told to him. I don't know if maybe, you know, it's he's being handcuffed right now because physically he might be there. Mentally, he may not be there. Like, those are some of the things that we don't know, right? Yep. So, yep. What, Absolutely, what man. What I'm trying to figure out is when we go to up to the line of scrimmage, let's take that Alabama, let's take that fourth and one, whatever. Like, that wasn't an up tempo. That was a pure rush play. Didn't think about it. We literally just went into it and got stopped. Yeah, and going against the kind of line that Alabama has, you're never going to be able to to go and catch those guys off guard and you know put your five foot nine inch quarterback and send them up the gut against those guys. Like that is just not going to happen. And I think I think what that was that was part of the game plan, right? Where we said, hey, you know, if you ever get if you get into the point where they they spot us, you know, really short, you're just going to rush it. And you're going to try to punch it in. I definitely don't agree with that call, right? I, think I don't that, agree with the shotgun call. Get under center and just go underneath your, your center. Like, you go low. You don't snap right. the ball four yards back. It's almost like running a wildcat, yeah. right? Like, yeah, and especially <laughs> when you've got a guy you, – you got guys like Harris and Chaney that are in there that are bruisers that can actually, you know, <laughs> you know, line up against Chaney's those guys push. and get a push and get yeah. a push in, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was a bad call. I think, in, you know – you look back at that and you're, you know, it's, it's always easy for us to look back at it and say, you know, Hey, that was a, that was a bonehead call. And I'm sure, you know, Lashley probably looked back at that and said, damn, I slipped there. Right. You know, cause it's pretty clear you did in that, in that situation. Yeah. 100%. But those are the things that you have to learn from and you have to like be able to, you know, see it again and say, we're not going to make that same mistake. It goes back to what I was saying about, about Cam Harris, like, all King had to do was put his foot in the ground and bounce it to the outside, and that's a quick touchdown, right? You got to know the defense. You got to know who you're playing against. They literally just collapsed the whole middle. I'm talking about Alabama. They collapsed that whole like line. Literally sure. gave, gave you the outside, but you want to try to run straight up to the to the teeth, you know, of the shark. Um, yeah. So anyway, so th- those are a couple of things that I'm trying to focus on, and I'm trying to dissect a little bit more. Again, I feel like we're rushing the, the up tempo. Um, I think the RPO is working um, okay. Um, I just don't think we're taking any shots down the field. Like we're not really going vertical at all. We're throwing a lot of stuff, you know, outside. A um, couple things over the middle. But like, why aren't we stretching the field? You know, stretching the field is going to open up your running game. Like, how come we're not throwing any screens? Like, these are some of the play calls that I'm looking at, and I'm like, okay, I would rather throw a screen pass or you know, something different than running up the gut. A screen pass might get you four or five yards. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. You know, the other thing when you talk about offensively from from a passing perspective, though, you know, I never see any creativity in our route running. Right, Correct. our route running are is is all straight routes. Right, like you know, there you never you never try to you know put the moves on somebody and and burn by them to get open. Right, like it's it's pretty much fly route. You know, inside seam. You know, like it's it's pretty much the same. Or you know. You know, I just don't see a lot of letting these playmakers actually get out and 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 show their show their their moves off. Especially like a guy like Keyshawn Smith, man. Like if we actually let him out get out there and just kind of you know tell him like, hey, you know, <laughs> you know, for you know, you got three seconds in here to do whatever the heck you got to do to get yourself open. 
and then you know and then you're then you're falling inside and you know falling back into the middle to to catch a bomb from king yeah. <laughs> you know that's the kind of, that's the kind of stuff i want to see cuz yeah that's a guy that'll 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 turn turn a db's hips and really catch him off balance and you know then he's got the both speed to pull away from him and the ability to pull in um a crazy catch so i think that they have to be able to do some verticals i think they have to do some post routes there's there's numerous ways that they can create an offense to but it's just so blanket and so vanilla right now and, and i'm thinking to myself is Brett lashley playing to not lose his job or is he playing to get fired to get another job like there's different, thought, there's different thoughts in my head on this because <laughs> last know. year there was creativity like Someone like Brashard Smith, right? Again, I brought this up earlier when we were talking about um, when you mentioned, will we see Brashard Smith in the backfield? Yeah. Like when you had somebody like Devin Hester, like we line them up in the backfield. We toss it to him. We have reverses to him. Like those are the type of things on offense that really open, like it softens up your defense to help your offense, you know, do different things. Yeah. Can I switch gears to another thing that doesn't make sense? <laughs> so yeah, sure. with, with, our return game, right? Oh, you know, man. we've got our starters in there, you know, punt returning, kick returning, you know, and you've got guys, I mean, Restrepo's back there sometimes, right? Which I think he's, you know, he's elusive and he needs to be out there. But the kid, Malik Young, I mean, you talk about, or not Malik Young, uh, Malik, Curtis. Malik Curtis, Malik Curtis, right? The kid from, uh, from yeah. Fort Myers. That kid's got some wheels, man. And I mean, all the video of him returning kicks last year, you know, why aren't we seeing him as, as, you know, just put him in there and have him exclusively dedicated to returning kicks, right? And then, God forbid, he goes down or something. Then you bring in, you know, the Harleys and the Keyshawns and all that. But, but it's the same thing, right? Like, why aren't you using Bashar Smith? Why aren't you using Jamal yeah, George? Obviously, like, Bashar, too, right? Like, right. Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, you want to put, like, you want to put people back there that are actually playing in your game, whether it's, you know, yeah. Trepo or Tyreek Stevenson or, Mike Harley, or yeah. like, well, you know, it's like well, I used to play NCAA football, and I can't wait for that game to come back out, obviously. But when I did every year when I'm recruiting, I would put my my fastest guys that I would recruit, whoever they were, if they were true freshmen, as my kick returners every yeah. single time, because I would be I would be scared of my starters getting injured, right? I didn't want to put my high volume guys back there. It's almost like you know, it's the same thing here. Like, why don't you put these kids out there? You know, if, if you have Smith and, and Curtis back there returning, like, yeah. dude, those guys have got to be solid back there, right? Well, and that's I've said that earlier. Like, to me, you put your fastest guys back there and yep. just let them make plays. You know, again, where we gonna put? Let's go back to the 2003 season where you had Devin and Sean Taylor back there returning kicks, <laughs> and Sean Taylor is your number like number six overall pick or number five overall pick you know, in the yeah. NFL draft, and yet he's returning kicks. Like, yep. I've always been I've always been a big proponent of special teams should be your best players. You know, again, you go back to the 0-1 season, you see, uh, you know, Ed Reed on punt, punt, you know, punt block teams. Like, why don't we do the same thing now? Why aren't we putting, like, Mike Harley on, you know, kickoffs or, punt, you know, punt blocks? Like, you use whoever you have to use like Bubba, like I know Bubba's been on, you know, pump blocks and or field goal blocks or whatever it is. But like those are the type of players, your playmakers need to be playing all the time. Yeah. But yet we don't do that. And again, look at our special teams coach. You know, like it's one of those things where I don't know what it's going to happen. I, 
going back to what I said earlier about, about justice, at least holding somebody accountable. Like I would have liked to hear Packy come out and say, Hey, look, man, you know, our long O line got blown up on, on a block field goal. And, you know, we, we lost our containment. We cut the wrong angles, you know, and, and listen, not just blame the coaches, but like, and I watched that play and not knocking, you know, Andy, but when you're you know, the last man back there, like you got to push the guy out of bounds. Like, yeah. you, you know, you see, and again, you just, those are things yeah. that you have to learn from, right? Like that guy's coming up you literally take that angle. Either you make him cut back into the middle of the field where your team is trailing to, to, to stop him, yeah. or you try to push him out of bounds. And I'm confident he's going to learn from that one. Right. But I mean, the kid is a true freshman kicker, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I mean, look, you need to practice that scenario, but also like, your special teams need to never let the guy be the kicker's responsibility to get out there and get twisted and get, you know, cause I mean, that's just, that's just unfair for anybody, for any, any returner, you know, any kicker that's being asked to bring a return guy down is just, it's unfair. You know what I mean? I mean, you're not Matt Bosher, right? Like, cause, yeah. cause Bosher would get all up in your grill. Like he, Bosher, he would. Bosher was a different dude, man. Bosher. And remember that kicker for the, uh, the jets, John Hall. Oh yeah, like he, he, was, he was another. That guy was built like a linebacker, though, as a, as a kicker. But I, I will tell you, during the game, I and mean, I sat right behind, like right behind the bench, and, and you know, say what you will about Packy, and I think we've all got you know a lot of concerns and reservations there with him. But man, I have never seen a coach eating those players alive like Packy was on that return. Man, I mean. Yeah, I, 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 I was probably ten rows up, man, and I could see the veins bursting out of his, bursting out of his face because he was so mad at it. Yeah, well, which and, is, and that's what, and that's what you need to do. But you that's, do need that, right? You need like, that. You get burned, like you better be up in everybody's ass, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Because you got to me, like that's gonna fall back on you as, as the coach, your special teams coach. Like that, that falls on you. Um, nope. So we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously. If we can improve this week, and again, we got like a minute and a half before we go to break here, before we go to the final segment. I just want to see being prepared. I want to see you coming out of the tunnel. I want to see you focused. I want to see you during pregames, you know, being fired up, you know, getting like if someone's not doing their drills right, you know, getting up in their in their in their junk. Um, I just want to see intensity, right? Like, and I think what's what what I saw last week is. The smoke didn't come out right on time as they were going out to the field. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Like they were already halfway through the through the tunnel, like before the smoke came out. Maybe that just didn't trigger right with them. Nah, right? You, you you were right there, bro. So I, you would know that, man. I was in the distance of the smoke. Literally, like they started they started running. I'm like, Are y'all gonna spray that or what? Because like I'm waiting for it. You know what I mean? So yep. we'll see what happens, man. But I, I definitely think that I, it's important to come out early and set the tone. It's important to come out, you know, focused. You know, if you get the ball first, to say Michigan State wins a toss, they defer. I mean, you need to take that 80 yards or whatever it is. I would love to see just opening kickoff to the house, right? Like just start it up 7-0, let's keep it moving. You know, but if you get the ball, like I want to see a, a like a quick drive, you know, boom, 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 touchdown. You know, that, like that's what I want to see moving forward. I don't want to see this three and out, punt, they come down, field goal. We we'll get the ball back, three and out, punt. Like I don't want to see that. Like I, I gotta see, I gotta see performance, and I and I want to see performance. I want to be like, you know what? I'm paying. It's like me going to a movie. I want to be entertained. Like I, I'm paying for something that I want to be entertained for. 
I, it's not like I don't want to go to a funeral. Like I'm not paying to go to a funeral, right? Like trying, it's not probably the greatest analogy, but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's go to break. We'll finish up the last segment. We'll do our pickums, and uh, we'll go from there. So we'll be right back here at the Ken Gang Radio Show, Sirius XM Channel 145, Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning, well, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What are you telling? You're telling 
you know, that, that all it can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 1249, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. off this last segment with some good old-fashioned fun uh we can we can start with our picks and then we'll see how it goes and if you want to dissect the picks a little bit we can go from there uh, a couple of good games um actually a lot of good games out there this week man yeah some good spreads so let's go ahead and start off with uh Vatek and west virginia mm. um, when, when i think about Vatek, you know again the first thing that comes to my mind is obviously beating Carolina, right? Because I think that was – and, again, I think I had called that previously, right? Um, and Vontex looked good. I mean, obviously, seven-point win against North Carolina. Um, they doubled up, I think, on uh, Middle Tennessee State, you know, or close to it, you know, I think it was like 35, 14, something like that. Um, yeah. But they look they look good. Like, the team looks good. Yeah. What's your take on Vontex right now? I mean, look, you're right. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. They look good. They look the part right now. But this is their – well, I would say UNC was probably a test, but that was a home game. But, you know, this is really going to tell us a lot about what – yeah, it's on the road okay. in a hostile environment against the school, <laughs> schools that hate each other, right? Virginia yeah. and, and, and what, Virginia Tech and West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, these schools do not like each other. Uh, it's 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 pretty heated. And uh, I think it's going to be an, an excellent game, right? I mean, another another good early game. It's got a 12 o'clock kickoff. But I do think Virginia Tech wins in a close one on this one. I've got them 33 to 30 uh, of a victory in a, in a really well-played uh, game for both sides. You know, I think West Virginia um, is, is going to be a good matchup for them. I, and, again, I want to see – I don't know, is this like ACC Big Ten matchup week or something like that? Because, obviously, I, I mean, it's not – it's big, big 12. Yeah, Big yeah. 12. You know, so when you, when you think about this, like here it is, Miami's playing the Big 10, Virginia Tech's playing the Big 12. Uh, it's just, it's all over the board, right? I, I actually like West Virginia in this game. Even though Bob Tech is ranked, I think, what are they up to, 16 or 15, give or take? 15 on the okay. coaches poll. All right, so or they're 15 up to 15. Um, I actually like, so you got them 33-30? Yep. I'm going to go West Virginia 27-24. Um, I just, I like West Virginia. Um, I kind of like the, how they're, how they're going. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think they got some new uniforms coming out this week too. So it should be interesting. Um, and, and again, Morgantown's a, it's a great place to, to, to watch college football, man. You know, yeah. it's, you know, I don't want to use, you know, any type of, you know, rude humor talking about West Virginia, 
but you know, we all we all get the point. You know, it'll be yeah. it'll be you know, shoulder to shoulder with brothers and sisters. You know what I mean? So that's, that's <laughs> you know, that is one of the probably twenty five stadiums that I wanna that I wanna visit and I wanna experience. Though yeah. is that that West Virginia setup? You know, and the yeah. the country roads and all that stuff and. Yeah, you know, the brothers and the sisters and all that stuff. Man. I'm telling you, man, it's just one of those games <laughs> where I think it can go either way. But uh, yeah. I don't know; it'd be interesting. All right, so so that's where I'm at with that one. Let's talk UVA UNC. Go ahead and you start us off. All right. So with this one, man, you know, I mean, watching what I have at UVA, I think I watched three quarters of their of their last game. Their quarterback and what they run offensively is unlike anything most people have seen, man. They, they usually keep two guys who can throw the ball on there. Uh, they are all over the place, man, with 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 what they do offensively. Yeah. It's working right now. And that Brennan Armstrong kid has looked great. He's got seven touchdowns and, and one interception uh, so far this year, man, and has really held control of those games. Uh, I'm, I'm picking UVA this week over UNC, man. I think – I like like we said. I mean, I know you were calling this out. You said number eleven is the only play playmaker that UNC has. I know you're probably going right there, so I don't want to. I don't want to steal your thunder on it, man. But you know, UNC is not the same team they were last year. So no. I've got I got UVA in this one, thirty-one to twenty-one. So UVA actually looks strong. I mean, obviously, if you look at Illinois, you know, beating Nebraska, you know, opening weekend or whatever it was, I'm like, oh, Illinois got a decent little team. You know, not not saying Nebraska was any good, but like they yeah. look good, right? But then you look at, you know, you look at Virginia, and they ended up playing, you know, Illinois last week, and Brenton Armstrong went for 405. Like, <laughs> bro, like that's what? literally through the air, 400 yards, like 400 from a running yards. from a running quarterback at that. Correct. Yeah. And five touchdowns. Like, so my, my man looks like he's going to be able to sling the ball a little bit. But it'll be interesting to see how – how because Carolina's defense isn't bad, right? I think their defense is not a bad defense. Um, when I think of – when you think of Carolina, you basically you just think of Sam Howell, right? So I think Sam Howell, with not having the weapons that he's had the last couple of years, I think that's hurting him right now. Um, and I'm interested to see how they're going to use Sam Howell this week. They, uh, because number 11, um, and that's where I was going to go with this. I mean, obviously Josh Downs, you know, you saw it last year in the bowl game against A&M. He literally just came on the scene. Um, and then you saw the game against Vatek really. And we were at the dinner that night and I kept saying, Number 11 is the only guy that I'm going to throw to. Number 11 is the only guy I'm going to throw to. You did. You did 100% with, uh, when we were with Dolphin Derrick and Ethan and Maria, man. Yeah. And sure enough, who did they throw the ball to? Number 11. So, you know, depending on what kind of game he had, but, like, if you if you just kind of go over the top with him and you kind of double team him, then really you got to find another weapon to beat them. And I, I don't see Carolina having the weapons, um, especially from what I saw with Virginia and their offense. I don't think that – Carolina's going to have the offense and the firepower to stay with Virginia. So I'm going to go Virginia. Um, I'm going to go 35-17. Uh, are you writing these down, Bird? I am. I am. Right. We're going to have to come back to these. Yeah, 35-17. I got UVA. All right. Cool, cool. All right. So going next? We're going the 8 o'clock ABC matchup. I think it's – is it game day? Is game day there? I think game day I believe there. so. Yep. So we're going to talk about Auburn from the SEC and Penn State from the Big Ten. 
So, again, a number 10 versus number 22 matchup. I think it's going to be a really, really good. I think the Penn State Nittany Lions are doing the annual whiteout for this game. I always love when, when teams do that and then they get – I just – you know, those are the type of games that I like, and then, you know, especially when you get beat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, is that where you're – is that where you're going with this one, man? Are you – Oh, I got Auburn. I'll, and I'll, oh, let, you, I'll let you take it. Yeah, I got Auburn, but I got in a close one. I I got a 24-21. Um, you know, Bo Nix finally has to show me something. You know, he's not he's he really hasn't he's shown a little couple flashes here and there, but he really hasn't done anything to really really impress me. Um, again, a couple of years ago when he started against Oregon, I thought, okay, well, look, man, this kid's gonna be good. Um, but again, they lost a lot of people too. They lost Anthony Schwartz. Um, you know, they they lost speed, but they seem to be clicking right now. If you remember when they won the title back in, I think it was 2010 when Auburn won the title. Um, and I could be wrong on that year, but I think it was 2010 um, with Cam Newton. They started unranked, you know, outside the top 25 and then just kind of worked their way in. And I think they're kind of doing the same thing. I, again, I don't think they get past like an Alabama or – but if you get past Penn State, I think that bolsters your resume. But you also got some big-time opponents. Like, you got Arkansas. Like, yeah. you know, you got your SEC juggernauts that are going to be holding you back. But for me, this week, I got Auburn beating Penn State. Yep. And you're at 24-21 on that one, right? 24-21, yeah. Great. I'm going Auburn, too, just simply. I just don't trust that quarterback at Penn State, the Clifford kid. Yeah. Uh, I think he's drastically overrated. I think Bo Nix is going to outplay him. Uh, so I've got uh, – I got Auburn in this one, 17-10. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, I got a, I got a low scoring, hard fought game, but I think Auburn um, takes it seventeen ten. I think there could be some distraction too with Penn State with the whole Jane Franklin to USC type thing. You know, maybe yeah. that's, or yeah. well, maybe they just say let's win one for the Gipper and they kind of hold it in and you know they they come out firing on all cylinders. You don't know. Um, You're right. You know, you never know. You, you yeah. never know. So uh, let's. Uh, before I get to the next one, let's let's skip the next one. We'll go to Bama UF. Okay. We'll go to Bama UF. I don't even think this is close. No. I know we've already talked about it earlier, but honestly, I don't I don't even see this being a close game. I think uh, Bryce Young throws for four touchdowns, runs for one. Um, I, you know Trey Sanders and Brian Robinson and all those guys. I just think they're just I just think they're too powerful and too much. I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just it's sad to say that I think they just they just run the table. Like you should just like not even have them play like any games. Let them play in the SEC championship and then go to the playoffs. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, right? Like I, I don't yeah. see I don't see anybody in college football beating that team. Yeah, I'm with you. So what's your what's your score prediction though? We need a number. Uh, I already wrote mine down and it's big. <laughs> so I'm gonna go. I think they win by 21. So if that's the case, I'm going to go 48-14. Dude, it is crazy. And I will even show you my paper right now. I put Alabama 48-10. <laughs> that's, that's why I swear to God, I already had it written down right there. It'd be 48-10. <laughs> yeah, 48-14. Yeah. I mean, it's, look, here's the deal. Alabama, without question to me, is is the on, the one and only team that's going to win, that's going to compete for a national championship this year, man. Those guys are so good. They've got every single uh, element that it takes to win. Uh, they're the best coach team in the country, and nobody's standing in their way, in my opinion. 
I'm interested to see, and before we get to the last two picks, someone like Oregon, you know, I watched Oregon play. Their defense is stout. Obviously, you know, Thibodeau didn't play against Ohio State, but their offense, their quarterback Brown is a six-year six-year player. Um, they have plenty of weapons. Verdell's, you know, a fifth or six-year player as well. I that, kid torches, that kid torches at BC one year. <laughs> yeah, listen, I can see somebody like Oregon sneaking up in there and making some noise. Sure. I'm just going to say it right now. I think Oregon makes the playoffs. Anyway, so I, I did pick Oregon over Ohio State last week, like okay. all over the place. So okay. I, I believe in Mario. I believe in what he's doing. I believe he is uh, – I believe he's an, is an amazing coach and, I, you know. Well, the, see, the problem is – and let's, let's go back real quick before we get into the last two picks. When you have an on when you have an open checkbook, you can do <laughs> you can do wonders. Same thing with Alabama. Like there, there's no money that they can't spend to, to bring in the best coaches, right? Yep. Miami don't have that type of resources. No. Nope. Like it's just it is what it is. Oregon is literally it's Nike, right? That's literally that's Nike. So it's an open checkbook at Oregon. So you know Ohio State open checkbook, Clemson open checkbook, Georgia open checkbook. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the if you look at the predominant like predominantly great teams, year after year after year, it's open checkbook. Yep. So anyway, so let's talk about Wake and FSU. So this should be a fun one. Um, you go first. I actually think Florida State comes back and, and they respond. Um, there's no way I see them potentially dropping to zero and three. I mean, I do see it. I just don't see that they do go zero and three. Um, but having said that, as much as I would love to see them go 0-3, I think they squeaked this game out. I think they went 21-20. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm going to write you down here for that one, make sure I get that on the book. So you know me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm outspoken on Florida State right now. And believe me, I'll, I'll preface this with saying that I wanted to go back to it like it used to be and, you know, the Bowden days and, you know, the, you know, the Bowden versus Jimmy and Schnellenberger and, and everybody days where, you know, the games meant something, right? But they are bad, man. Their roster is depleted. Um, the program is broken from an emotional standpoint. Uh, the fan base is broken. I mean, you got alumni that are calling out uh, Travis Hunter. I mean, if you, I don't know if you saw the whole PK Sam thing, uh, but that's not a good situation, right? Um, there's just there's a lot going on right now. Um, I, I hope they bounce back, honestly, in this game because if they don't, the next game they play is Louisville, then they play Syracuse, then I think they play UNC, and then they play UMass. And after that, their last five games, they're not winning. No way. Florida, Miami, Clemson. Yeah, and if they got to play Boston College in the in the cold. Yeah, they're not winning those last five. I don't care what happens. So they better get one this time. I don't think they're gonna. I I I just I think that the damage from last week was too much, and they're a broken and a fractured uh, team. I'm picking Wake in this one, uh, 35-28. Yeah, you know, and that's something that I I, I want to preface and say that we have to be careful too, because obviously, you know, we have you know, a national platform. And when we're, when we're on social media or we're doing stuff, we just have to hold ourselves to a better and to a higher standard. And, you know, as much as I saw former players ripping other former players and things like that, it's like, man, y'all need to keep that in house. You know, (laughs) it's just, it's, it's rough, man. And it's, and I don't even know why a bunch of Miami fans were going in on it. It's like, bro, it has nothing to do with us. Right. I mean, You know, Sap is usually kind of vocal when it comes to Miami, but he doesn't really like 
for the most part, he won't go at other players or things like that. He'll just be vocal from himself, like from his perspective. But man, watching watching like the PK Sam and uh, man, what's the guy's name who played? Uh, I don't know, if it was Robinson or something like that. Like literally just going in. And I don't think PK Sam should have went in and tagged a high school kid either. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't think he should have done that. So anyway, um, we'll see. So the big my, one. Yeah, the Miami-Michigan State. Go ahead, I'll let you start off. We got about you know a minute and a half. All right. Look, I mean, I'll never pick Miami to lose. And honestly, I think I think App State was going to be a tougher game. I think App State's a you know a, a better program than Michigan State. I know that's not that's going to be an unpopular opinion, um, but you know I think Miami's really going to going to rebound, and I think we're going to come out strong on this one. I got Miami thirty-five, Michigan State fourteen. I mean, those are good numbers. Um, I think this is the week that Miami's offense clicks. I yep. think they come out and they click. Um, they light up the scoreboard. Um, so I'm actually probably, if I want to be realistic, I would probably say somewhere around like 30 to 13, I think. But I'm going to be a little bit off the cuff. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go 33-17 Miami. 33-17, Okay. Yeah, we're close, bro. I'm 35, 14. You're 33, 17. I don't even know the spread. I think it's Miami, Miami uh, minus six. Yeah, I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I respect this Michigan State team. Um, I think they're much improved over last year, but yeah. I don't. You know, we're we're <laughs> we need a response here, and I think we're gonna get it this this Saturday yeah. at noon. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we'll see what happens, man. Obviously, it's a big game coming Saturday. You know, it'll be uh, it'll be a nooner, you know, after Hard Rock. So everybody get your water, get hydrated, and get ready for some fun. Good day at college football. So thanks, everybody, for tuning into the King Gang Radio Show on Sirius XM, channel 145 Slam Radio. We are outcha. The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.